0: Welcome to
1: the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. I am the girlfriend, Cindy. With me, as always, is Josh. Hello! <laughs> Josh loves
0: Hello.
1: Josh loves horror movies, and I love Josh, so we try to make it work, and usually I end up screaming a lot.
0: Both of those things are facts. <laughs> Get really, really scared.
1: Uh, every month we pick a theme, and this month's theme is uh, Canada. Right? Canadian yeah. directors, Canadian movies.
0: Uh, weirdly, I was looking at the past episodes we've done. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of Canadian. I did
1: notice that we recently, uh, now that we're in season three, uh, have been finally kind of trying to clean and organize our files, and I did notice that. But I was A like, lot is, of this, Canadian movies. is this? This is one of the Canadian. No, wait. Now that okay, that was all right. Anywho, so we uh, this month's Canadian movies we've watched: My Bloody Valentine and Pin. Pin. And surprisingly enjoyed both of them. Mm -hmm. Okay,
0: this week. (laughs) Let's bring that enjoying train to a crashing halt. Damn it. With Cube. Cube.
1: Not the Cube.
0: (laughs) The Sphere. No. Cube. Cube, as in what Ice Cube's friends call him. Oh. They're like, hey Cube. Hey Cube. They don't call him Ice. Nope. You call him Ice Cube if you don't know him. Oh. You just call him Cube when you're in. hmm I don't know. Well, I'm guessing. That's <laughs> <laughs> my... That's how I fantasize... In? ...of me being friends with Ice Cube one day. That's fair. I see him and he's like, what's up, Josh? I'm like, what's up, Cube? High five. And then, yeah, we high five and get in a car and smoke weed. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's a
1: totally different podcast. Welcome to my fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell me all about this movie,
0: Cube. Um, this movie is a delightful one hour and thirty minutes, Yay! which is something good to be my dear. It is rated R. Those are R, my favorites. And it was released when? L- Tell me. In a limited U.S. release on September 11th, oh, 1998. Hey. Yeah. So that before the date September 11th huh. was. Terrible.
1: Was terrible. <laughs> so that was my. um I was in. Josh, I was in college. In September. In September. <laughs> in September oh, yeah, I was in college. Power I, of math, helped me. I was uh, about two weeks into my first year at West Virginia Wesleyan College, home of the Bobcats.
0: I don't know, I'm doing the math in my head. What are
1: you thinking about? Um, I'm smelling wood burning. <laughs> what you got going on up there, boy?
0: I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> now, do
1: you, now do you see why sometimes I'm like, there's we, there's so many more than like three years between us. Yeah. There's like a lifetime. Yeah.
0: I was a freshman in high school.
1: But... I got drunk for the first time with strangers.
0: I had already been drunk for the first time.
1: With No, I meant like with strangers. Like I had never... Simsies. <laughs> okay radio. so uh title year goings on
0: what's happening <laughs> uh, 1998 let's talk because it's weird like we've not done 1998 yet. nope I feel like there's some years we've done this shit we up. haven't done the late 90s that's my that's my
1: generation yo
0: yeah because um, there's not a lot of good horror movies I'm not saying there are any but well it was like little, the scream less horror movies in yeah. the 90s it was like the scream decade yeah um, or Candyman. man so, the story about Bill Clinton's alleged affair with Monica Lewinsky no, breaks. It happened. That's 1998. He can be shot to the fucking moon. Uh, the 1998 Winter Olympics were in Nagano, Japan. I remember those Olympics. I remember that, yeah. Titanic becomes the first film to gross a billion dollars. I
1: saw that in the theater. <laughs> I cried like a baby. Oh my god, it was a mess.
0: <laughs> I saw it in theaters. And, spoiler alert... Got a handjob. <laughs> and that was the best part of that movie. That and the guy that hit the propeller when he fell off the back of the boat. Yeah. Uh, Titanic also won Best Picture that year. Yeah. So there you go.
1: That was that summer. The summer before I left for college was a weird summer. Mm-hmm.
0: It's uh, the first Euros were minted. Mm-hmm. The final episode of Seinfeld aired. Mm-hmm. Windows ninety eight was happy released. About it. The Second Congo War began, which Ooh, ended with 5.4 million people yeah, dying by amazing. its end in 2003. <laughs> uh, yeah. Google is founded. Uh, the Matthew Shepard incident occurs where he was yeah. you know, outside of Laramie, Wyoming. Yeah. And Bill Clinton was impeached. Yeah, because he's a trash of a man. Yep. Um <laughs> <laughs> People that were born that year. Oh, my God. Okay. L. Fanning and Jaden Smith.
1: Yeah. yeah. People
0: that died in 1998. Okay.
1: Sonny Bono. Oh, yeah. That's, quote, skiing accident,
0: unquote. Lloyd Bridges. That one was hard. Frank Sinatra. That one was hard for my state. And Akira Kurosawa. That one was hard for me. Oh, honey. <laughs> so, that's a thing. Now. Now. Who made this movie? Who's in it? Tell me. So it was directed and co-written by Vincenzo Natale. Mm. He was American-born. He was born in Detroit, Michigan. And his parents moved him at the ripe age of one to Toronto, where he lived the rest of his life. Vincenzo. Yeah. He also gave us... The movie Splice, which is super fucked up, and we will watch on here at some point. Okay. And In the Tall Grass, the, the tall Stephen grass. King adaptation on Netflix. Okay. It came out, I think, last year, maybe? I think it was. And It was co-written by Graham Manson, who went on to work on Orphan Black, and the Snowpiercer show that I see adds every break when I watch AEW Wrestling on Wednesdays. That's true. That is, I can confirm. <sighs> Uh, and it was also co-written by Andre Bajalik, who... I think I got his name right. So there Bouchalik you go. or Bukalek? Bajalek? I don't know. And I want to give a special shout out... Oh, I want to hear this. ...to composer Mark Corvin. Hey, he did Mark. the score for this movie, who has been working tirelessly since, like, the early 90s, scoring random things. And we know him best... For mm-hmm. eventually doing years later, the scores for the Witch, the Lighthouse, and reuniting <laughs> with the Tinda for in the Tall Grass.
1: Guys, can we talk about Josh's obsession with a what is it? A twenty four films. Yeah, I'm a you have, you yeah wow.
0: They're yeah. really good. I mean, not all. Of I them, agree but with some you. of them are very good. Yeah, uh, I've never. I think the last time I saw a movie in the theater, that it felt like someone grabbed me by the face and was like, "This movie was made for you." Was the lighthouse? <laughs> so when I went, saw it, and I was like, "Oh my god!"
1: <laughs> like, Side note for my son, I that love movie, this movie is so much. Uh, Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah. What does that say? Oh, we are a very, very blonde family. Okay.
0: Uh, the three stars: Nicole DeBeer Beer as Levin. She was Levin? In, Yeah, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, the Dead Zone TV show, and she's the star of Prom Night Four colon deliver us from evil. Deliver
1: us from evil. Will that le- will we watch that on this show? Surprise. Eventually, yes. Okay.
0: Maybe even soon. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um. We have Maurice Dean Witt, who plays Quentin. He was Sergeant Luther Robinson in Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And special shout out to my brother, Nathan. He was Sergeant Robert Scout Baker in Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. I don't know what that is. Before... So, okay. There's a <laughs> weird to, I'm thing. I'm about to learn. There's, there was a show. It was live action. And it was set in the future. And it was called Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. And it weirdly only aired in like the north and midwest of the country, I believe. Oh. Because that's my friends area. who grew up in like the southern part of the state never saw it. Like people that grew up where you grew up have no nope. recollection of it. Negatory good buddy. But like I remember watching it in Pennsylvania when we were little, and my friend Joel, R. I. P. big guy. He watched it as a kid in Toledo when he was growing up, and it was basically like in the future, robots had taken over, and there were these what? the last humans had like these power suits, and they had to fight the He's robots. On Dune? No, and the main bad guy who kind of looked like the bad guy from Dune, Baron Harkonnen, <laughs> but it but it for sure wasn't that. His fortress was in the <laughs> wasteland of Detroit right. in the oh.
1: future. I mean, I wouldn't call it Detroit. And I remember, no, it was, was a waste it was Detroit.
0: One. Like that was, it was very clearly Detroit oh. in this show. The future destroyed Detroit. Got okay. and um, it was like this crazy, like kids action show. It was live action
1: And nobody's heard of, but Josh.
0: <laughs> that we thought was amazing. And then I saw it recently, and I'm like, eh, so the effects are great. It was TV in the '80s, <laughs> but the toys were fucking uh-huh. cool." Okay. Yeah, so special shout out. Let us know, comment on Facebook, get a hold of us somehow, and let us know if you remember that show from your childhood, because I'm very curious. Well, all right. Um, the other person I would like to bring up in this is... movie is David Hewlett, who plays Worth. Worth? He... He... These names are Okay. was Leon in Pin. Are
1: we talking about another Niedermeyer-Writer situation? No. Okay, because I need to be forewarned on those. I didn't know I'd ever have to tell you that was a trigger <laughs> warning for me.
0: Uh, rounding out the cast is Andrew Miller as Kazan, Nikki Shazam? N- Kazan? Okay. Uh, Nikki Six. Guadag... Guadagani? Uh, I do As Holloway... Julian Richings as Alderson and Wayne Robson as Rennis, and this movie, Cindy, was shot mm-hmm. in twenty days, mostly with a oh, handheld camera. And every actor in the in this movie appeared in the television show Forever Night at some point. That is fucking awesome. Do you know what Forever Night is?
1: Is Forever Night the YouTube thing? No. no. Never mind. Go Forever Night
0: was an 80s TV show from Canada that got released here, and I know Elvis McComas is especially a huge fan. And it was the main character was a vampire mm-hmm. who I forget how, but had become a night homicide detective for the Toronto Police Department and was being helped out by people in the morgue. Like, a lady in the morgue who knew him and knew what he was. Interesting. And they were hiding it from the other cops. And he was trying to uh, reclaim his humanity, because I think he was, like, 800 years old. And he'd done, like, a lot of evil shit in his life. And he was just like, I want to help and not be evil. I'm intrigued. And it was, like, from what I remember, a really fucking fun show. And every person in this movie appeared on it at some point.
1: Interesting.
0: So So, there you go. Um, Forever Night.
1: Okay, back to this movie. (laughs) Cube. Right? Mm -hmm. Cube. All right, show me this poster. Give me something. This is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster, and I try to tell you the plot. A man is crawling through heater vents. Fear, paranoia, suspicion, desperation. Cube. Cube. I'm going to say that this is about a psychiatrist who makes a big lab rat maze, but it's for humans, and he puts the people in it, and he watches what happens. Cube. Because it's like, you know, like a maze, like a cube. Yeah? No?
0: I mean... Ah, uh, you're kind of somewhat right, somewhat wrong. What? Like, it's, That's two a row, bitch. You're in the right ballpark. Hmm. Okay, so, so how can we watch this movie? Uh, we're just going to rent it on Prime. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks for doing Yeah, you can rent it. You can watch it for free with like IMDb TV, but I'd rather just pay the $2 and not watch commercials. He does not like the commercials, guys. It fucks up the flow of the movie. like. I don't want to. He thinks I'm. I don't want to be in the middle of a like scene that's. Oh my god, this is super nerve wracking. And then have Tide tell me how my clothes should be fucking whiter. I'm good. Like (laughs) I just want to watch the movie. Also, we don't wear a lot of white.
1: (laughs) Just saying, we don't. Okay, well then, we're off to watch the movie. So, uh, join us, won't you? Cube, mind the doors. The cube, twenty six rooms high six rooms across 17,576
0: rooms does anybody remember how they got here
1: why would they throw innocent people in here are we being punished there's a
0: way in here so there's got to be a way out do you think they'd go to all the trouble to build this thing if we could just walk out take a good long look around I got a feeling it's looking at us. We have about three days without food and water before we're too weak to move.
1: I just want to wake up. I looks in a room down there and something almost cut my head off.
0: Motion detectors integrated into the walls. Tough to spot. You're not getting out of here. Yes, we are. There is no way out of here.
1: We need to get around the trap. They're identified by crime numbers. We'll figure it out.
0: I can't. I'm not dying in a rat maze. No more talking, no more guessing you
1: got to save yourself from yourselves. What the hell is
0: going on? We haven't been moving in circles. The runes have. We are the key. The key is us. Awesome.
1: Hey guys, welcome back from watching the most fucked up movie I've seen in a while.
0: Really? Cube? I think... Mm,
1: anyway, welcome back to watching... From watching the Cube. <laughs> or just Cube. Cube. <laughs> well, <laughs> the name is Cube. I kept referring to it as the sphere, and we're and I got it confused with... Oh no, I already forgot again. The
0: Cell? The Cell. The <laughs> so. Jennifer Lopez going in the mind of a killer movie? Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. So that, yeah. I'm... I'm all over the place with this one. okay, so this movie, I think the reason it was the most fucked up is because trying to wrap my head around it and like what it was like I'm like I'm lost in my own thought like it, okay, so here's what this movie' about. <laughs> a group of five a group of five people discover each other while trapped. Inside an endless maze of cubes, some are safe and some are booby trapped to kill them. Okay. That's my that's my summation. Um. Well. What's your summation?
0: The IMDb synopsis says six complete strangers with mm. wildly varying oh. personalities are involuntarily placed in a endless maze containing deadly traps. Agreed. So I think it, the only thing it disagrees with you on is the number of, of peeps in the cube.
1: yeah, I, I just kind of off the top of my head trying to remember now that I'm thinking about it. There was the math girl, the police guy, the special needs boy, the woman who was nice to him, the guy from PIN. Who's the sixth?
0: Oh! The, the French escape artist? Yeah, gentleman? the guy
1: who could escape from Alcatraz.
0: Yeah, that, that would make, that's your sixth.
1: All right. So... Uh, My takeaway from this movie is that this was an attempt at slasher porn where there's no reason, it's all chaos, and here's a bunch of cool ways people die.
0: Okay. That's Um, my,
1: like, like, that's it. That's kind of, and I think I even got it pretty close to correct on the first half with what I thought it was about.
0: So. Basically, I killed it. I think when you're mm. talking about slasher porn, you're referring to, um, like, the torture porn movement that is, like, the early That's 2000s. it, torture porn. Yeah, where they're, like... like saw mm-hmm. and... Um, yeah. Those kind of movies? House of a Thousand Corpses. So this is predates those by a bit, because the torture porn thing grew out of our um, 9-11 and our involvement in the Middle East and, and seeing what we saw on television, like... You'd look on the internet and you'd see people getting their heads sawed off for real. Correct. So this actually predates all of those things. So I think it's a little bit of a forerunner. Spoiler alert for the Arkoff formula. Arkoff formula later. Okay. In the episode. Okay, we'll get to that um, in a moment. Put a pin in that. I. Not the I movie. I, not the movie. <laughs> not the, the Put movie a that, pin in it. Not the it. Yeah. Uh, this movie. I like it a lot, and I think it does have more going on, mm-hmm. and I had a suspicion as I was watching it, because I hadn't seen this movie probably since early college, like a 102. I okay. think printed it in a blockbuster. I hadn't seen it since then. When uh, you went down the Canadian you... rabbit hole like, the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you how long ago it's been since I've seen this movie. <laughs> uh, I would say that something really stuck out to me, and as I was reading about the making of the movie and the script and whatnot, it kind of got, I think it was validated. Alright. So they wake up, the whole movie takes place in one location, and they just use the same cube, but change the gel color.
1: Oh, as far as set.
0: Yes. That's why, like, you never see a shot in the entire movie, and you'll definitely, if you've not watched this movie, or you're watching, you'll notice it now. Every time they open the door right and look into the other cube right it is a pov shot it's never over the shoulder because they couldn't shoot oh
1: from they one didn't cube even have another. like
0: two so no, they could alternate they have one cube <laughs> was their budget
1: that small this this budget movie was
0: budget was made for $350,000 oh that's
1: why and it okay. made
0: 9 million <laughs> well wow it did well talk about their success it did super well but to me uh I Rewatching this and really kind of focusing on the characters. Okay, because that's what I mainly had a problem with. So they talk about, you have essentially two sides of the coin. You've got the doctor, who's a super liberal, and then you've got the cop, who's like a super, like...
1: He's a super stereotypical Structure. awful cop, but they yeah. get away with letting him be that way because he is of ethnic background yes, uh, indeterminate ethnicity. He's not
0: a white guy so he gets to be borderline Nazi without it being right like, so that all the Karens crazy. of the world can just
1: say that well, it's because he's ethnic.
0: But I think the thing that is very telling and really drove the point home for you, is or just in general, whenever okay? the character the young guy, the younger guy who was in pen, I forget his name.
1: Mm, okay, I know you're talking he about that. He
0: was talking about how he designed the outer shell, but didn't know the inner workings.
1: Which is very much uh, what the Nazis said, but, but whatever. But
0: he talked about how there's no one in charge of it, right? Right. It's ca- like, yes. It, there's no like grand scheme. There's no. He like, was told they're both wrong. Right. He was taught had like asked
1: to build like this framework. Somebody else was asked to build this. Somebody else was asked, and nobody really knows who is putting it all together or why. He was just a, a, a mm-hmm.
0: cog in the machine, so to speak. And where were they all before they ended up in this machine?
1: They were all random places, weren't they? One was getting a sandwich. One was
0: like they were just randomly. Yeah. Uh, so are they all dead, and is this purgatory? I think that's what I said halfway through. Like, that is kind of the thought I had because when they figure it out, the only character to make it out (spoiler alert)
1: is Kazan, special...
0: the man who has a severe form of autism, or at right. least I suspect a severe. T- severe well, form I think that's what they're going for. Yes, so hey. he's the only character who doesn't fuck anyone else over. Doesn't have an ulterior motive. Yeah, is like the purest, nicest character. I think follows yes. closely by um, Levin, the girl the glasses, the, the, the math girl. Mm-hmm. She's kind of a dick to him. I think that's the only downside to her character. Yeah. Well, yeah, at first sure she was, but at the end when they solve it and he opens, like he's the one that opens mm-hmm. the door outside, and it's just a blinding light, like a heavenly light. He's the only one to get out. Okay. So I was like, oh, that's kind of... And then I, I was looking but, online. But that would mean that in
1: Purgatory, like, they wouldn't be able to die. You know what I mean? They would just regenerate in, like, the next cube or something how like do that. We, how do we know that hasn't...
0: Well, we don't. That but... At the end of the day cycle. They said it's like a cycle, right? Oh, yeah. Every so many days. Maybe it resets itself. I don't know, but... That was just kind of something that struck me, and then I was looking up the story behind the movie a little bit, and I found Lay that, it on me. Yeah, I found that the director, Vincenzo Natale, had the original idea to make a film set entirely in hell in the early 90s. Because it,
1: he was Catholic. Yeah, it wasn't
0: until 94, when he's working as a storyboard artist assistant for an animation studio, that he completed the first script for Cube. And... It was kind of funny. It had some surreal images, apparently a cannibal, edible moss that grew on the walls, okay. a monster that room, the cube. And then he got his budget. Well, and then, before he even got the budget, his friend, his like childhood friend and filmmaking partner, the Andre Bajelic, the guy who wrote the screenplay that we talked that in this yeah, video, the opening, we talked about the front half, mm-hmm. um, he basically took his original idea and then stripped it down to the simple premise of Inside the Cube, because right. that was doable, and then ran with that premise and made a full movie out of it.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a good so, way to work as a partnership.
0: Um, one thing he was like big on was removing the uh, food and water from the scenario, so there's like a time There's no length. reason, right.
1: There's no yeah. way they can eat, there's no way they can drink. They, it really it does put puts a some stakes on it. on it. Yeah, for sure.
0: So that's where it came from. Okay. It 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 was born out of an idea of wanting to do a movie set in hell, but I think this is more purgatory than hell because there's a way out. You're in, not. But again, not in series. But it then may again, not be. I'm not super versed in Catholic hell. I don't know if they have like a certain rule for how you can get out of hell. I know there's like Catholics really had purgatory so I, I figured that was more of a purgatory thing but it could be hell but I feel like this movie definitely has a religious bent oh, to it. Oh for sure
1: but hmm, I don't know. I, I come from a very jaded place because most of mainstream America's idea of heaven and hell is no. it can't be found in the Bible at all what everyone screams and thumps about. There's no mention of how, they you know, the most beautiful angel that fell. Like, that's all, that that all comes from Dante. No, None I, of I that agree. is in the
0: Bible. I agree. So, I don't, I don't know. I, and the thing is, I'm not saying this is my interpretation. I'm, oh, I know. Of, of I'm just being Of hell or correctly. purgatory. This is, I think this is there, their, and my interpretation of what the movie was going after.
1: Yeah, that's fair. So. I'm just, hmm.
0: It just, it has a very... I'm
1: just using this as an excuse to talk about my liberal agenda.
0: (laughs) I'm not a liberal.
1: Yeah, we're not. We're leftists. So,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the Arkov formula. So if we use Samuel Z. Arkov's method for creating an exploitation movie that was based on his last name, as an acronym, A-R-K-O-F-F, the A stands for action, this movie starts immediately, immediately with a bloody gross...
0: Uh, Meet Slap death. Yeah, it has the guy getting, like, cubed. cubed.
1: Literally. Yeah. It, it's an unnamed first character. Uh, so I guess maybe technically we should say seven people, but what do I know? They're yeah, like, and he just steps on the wrong steam. thing, and it's like fishing line.
0: <laughs> and he's cubed. I'm sorry, what, what sound is fishing line <laughs> okay. For those at home, that is now the official Fish sound line. of fishing line.
1: Yeah, most people already knew, but that's cool that you caught up. Okay, uh, revolutionary. So you you said this movie kind of starts before all the the this <laughs> torture movie, porn. This
0: movie predates, that it super seems like it yeah, is. This movie predates two important movements in horror, for better or for worse. It it predates the torture porn movement of the early to mid two thousands. Okay, and it predates the low budget this horror movie has to take place in one location movement of the past few years oh so So it it really hmm. i think it is very ahead of its time
1: all right so we'll say revolutionary killing yes there's tons of it in lots of different ways i don't think there's any horror but i say that every time yeah i mean the dialogue's it's pretty standard. really natural. You're not watching this movie for the
0: dialogue. There's no great right? speeches. There's, yeah, it's it's more just like the trap, the conundrum of mm-hmm. it, and the mystery. Like just starting it without knowing why they're there or really who they are. And for you never. Deb-
1: and I think maybe that's why that movie pissed me off so much because you never find out. You never find out why they're why they are there. The only thing on the line other than their lives, or you know, like the hunger mm-hmm. and. You don't know anything. There's no common commonality. There's no th- yeah. thread. It just so happens this one's a safe cracker. It just so happens she's a math whiz. It's You know, and was it set up that way? Who knows? I,
0: it's all very interesting. I think it... Uh, let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Because I think this movie does two things. One. I think, one, it gives them a, the perfect team to solve the puzzle and get out. Two. It, you... Don't ever see who was responsible or understand why they're there in the first place. And that pissed me off. And I could see where that would be frustrating some people. I just accepted it as it is what it is and ran with it. This film is very Kafka esque.
1: Because it just, you don't, yeah, there's no yeah. rhyme or reason for what happens to the protagonist, and therefore it's in, about life because there's chaos out there. Yeah,
0: I mean, if we, if we think I of. I mean, yeah! <laughs> the definition of. Oh, I'm sorry. The definition of Kafka esque is. Uh, It revolves around alienation, existential anxiety, um, guilt, and absurdity. Yes. I think this checks all of those boxes. Correct. I think it
1: checks more of those boxes than it does the Archive formula. Because there's no oratory. Fantasy and fornication. So fantasy, yes, this random cube. There's no kind of fornication.
0: Uh, and I'm glad there's not yes, because that there, would just be like there's a moment of rape. where it goes down where you're like, oh, this cop's about to rape yes. this, like this poor girl. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So okay, four out of six ain't bad.
0: I'm gonna give special props to any movie where the default shitty bad guy is a cop.
1: You always do. You uh, always do. Hun. So I'm just
0: saying that felt real. <laughs> <laughs> like, the most real moment in that movie is when he just decides to drop that fucking doctor just because she'd been on his nerves. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's some shit that would happen. Yeah. He's just like, he looks her in the eyes and pulls her all the way up to his yes. hands, and then just is like, peace, motherfucker. He,
1: and again, the only reason he's like that is anybody who is not, um, hmm, Anybody who is on our side of the spectrum knows, like, okay, cops are arrogant. They demand that they take charge. They think that because they've gone through some sort of basic training that they know everything in every situation. You know what I mean? But you can't say that in a movie unless it's a black or a Latina, or, you know what I mean? Like,
0: Uh, or or else you kind of get in trouble. I I feel where you're coming from with that, but I totally think you could just make the cop be a white guy and just a sack of shit.
1: Fair. I think
0: that having...
1: I don't think that you'll get even the $35,000 for the budget that was this movie. I don't
0: think that's why you make that decision to make the cop not a white guy. I think you make that decision because it's not the obvious choice and by having the cop be a person of color or a woman or someone who's not a straight white guy mm-hmm. you really show that like in general and i'm i'm not saying like every single cop i'm saying like the police as a idea concept tend to divorce themselves mm-hmm. from their personal reality And become a cop. That whole blue lives matter bullshit. Yeah. So it's like a, you know, we've circled the wagons and it doesn't matter what color or what race or what gender or whatever you are, you're a cop, you're a cop. And then they have to be a cop, Mm -hmm. in quotes. Like, and everything that you just said that comes along with being a cop. Being part of that, like, brotherhood, that fraternity. Yeah. So I think it's interesting not having a white guy play that part because it speaks to... That agreed, but I think you could totally just make a cop white <laughs> dickhead, and it would work for me.
1: All right, do we have any trivia for this movie? It other than the huge discrepancy in budget to how it performed in the box office. This is such a little bitty movie. I can't imagine. There's, I mean, it was rather short. Like you said, it was just like a one room uh, set design. Anything good?
0: So. This movie, like you said, the small budget, it had two sequels and it's getting a Japanese remake.
1: I can see how we... Like, this is a nice base that you can build on for sure. For sure.
0: The Japanese are remaking an English-speaking horror film, which is nice because normally it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. We're like, let's remake that Japanese movie so we don't have to read it because we're apparently lazy. Um, Not apparently. (laughs) So the director deleted a final moment from the film in which... kazan would have been outside the cube that was like he shot it and that was the first thing he cut he was like nope it's gonna end i don't want to see how it it. ends we don't want to see what's outside okay you know so all right
1: um when you determine the message of the movie sometimes it's easier once it's all done
0: yeah all of the characters are named after famous prisons uh with kazan the mentally challenged fellow being a famous prison mental institution.
1: Interesting.
0: So they're all named after famous prisons. They're all wearing,
1: like, prison garb with their last name stamped on it. That's how mm-hmm. we know their names. And
0: director Vincenzo Natale originally wanted to shoot the film in chronological order, Ugh. but couldn't because they could only have one cube. Yeah, there's no way. So they had to, like, stop and redress right. it every time with different colors and the traps and everything. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Would I watch this again? Hold
0: I on. think so. Oh, oh, there's more trivia. Yeah, oh, um, all of the characters were chartered accountants in the original first draft of the script, so that's what they all had in common. Because they're
1: mm-hmm. all cause accountants all deserve to be in purgatory. Well, that would explain why it's all math as well.
0: And the color, uh, the room color has nothing to do if there's a trap or not. However, on a meta level, the colors sometimes signify what happens within them. Like what? Like. Wire, so, fire. White represents discovery. Anytime the characters make some kind of discovery, it's within a white room. Rep- red represents death or distress, because Anne is disturbed by the red rooms, and yeah, often he characters like will confront each other in the or fight in the red rooms. Mm-hmm. Which red is a tension color, yeah. so that makes sense. Um,
1: but they only had red, white, or blue. It's not like there was a large color palette.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Out of the seven characters, only two are killed by traps. I think that's about it. Yeah.
1: So would I watch this movie again? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I might watch it with somebody if someone was like interested in watching it. I'd be like, yeah, we can watch that because there's things I could look for a second time. But I don't think it's when I would be like, oh, and pull off the shelf. Like I did with Pin earlier. I, uh, I may have rewatched Penn to look for all the V.C. Andrews inlays, and I found all of them, and there are a lot.
0: Did you rewatch
1: it? Yes. When? I, I just had it on YouTube because I was like, <laughs> listen, there are certain staples to Virginia Andrews' successful books. One of them being a damn cupola, which, side note, I had forgotten about, but then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh yeah, that's how I, rem- I realized this is a V.C. Andrews thing. There's the cupola. There's the wind chimes. There, you know, I don't want to talk about this now. Hit me up on my V.C. Andrews podcast.
0: Uh, first of all, yes, please. I think you should do a BC Andrews podcast. with
1: Christian. Kristen and I would never. My best friend from high school, and my best friend, uh, <laughs> texted me after I told her I was rewatching it to just remind me of, hey, you know, we've been dealing with the Niedermeyer situation for 30 no 25 years and we've never gotten pissed off that they chose a man as the ghost writer for a female writer who uses female protagonists of all the things we've gotten mad about and gotten angry and up in arms about we've never been like also why the hell would you pick a middle-aged man to write an like an old spooky woman's books Sorry. Okay, you know what? Hit me up on my podcast. It's pretty
0: standard. Pretty part of the course. Especially in like 83, like, I... which is, I think when she died. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a first. That's a first for the podcast. I've never experienced <laughs> like finding finding out after the fact that you re-watched a movie. Within, I, did, like, a I didn't
1: like sit down and watching. watch. You yes. know, I kind of did actually. Because so. I put it on when I was working on my on my mini stuff. And I found myself watching it more than two and it's just angry there's so many things oh i can't talk bear, about
0: it right now <laughs> bear i uh, i i agree with you about this movie i enjoy it i think it's interesting but i'm not chomping at the bit to watch it again right i think of the three movies that we've watched thus far for february that are canadian mm-hmm. this is the one that i and it's unfair because it's also the one we watched most recently mm-hmm. it's the one that i'm the least wanting to re-watch
1: yeah okay well then what are we watching next week
0: oh we're going super new
1: super new canadian uh, eh?
0: it's gonna lead us into bum, 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 march okay uh i i originally went back and forth you've
1: been working on these transition movies this year yeah, man really wow this season like, one
0: lead into another okay i don't think i'm gonna April into of May. In my
1: don't, don't jinx yourself, brother. But, brother.
0: Uh, I was like, man, I want to do a newer Canadian movie. And I want it to lead into March. And I had two movies. And there was one that was perfect. Just fucking absolutely perfect. But And then there was another one which was not nearly as perfect, but just really fun. And I went back and forth. And I went back and forth. And the really fun one that we're not going to watch right now is actually Psycho Goreman, which is Whatever. very new. Um, that movie is the heckin' best. Okay. So then what uh, are we watching? We're going to watch from the same director, The Void.
1: The Void. The same director of The Cube or the same, the same director, director of The Fun of One?
0: of Psycho Goreman. Okay.
1: Well then, until next time... I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy, and I'm still his girlfriend. Yeah. And I still hate that Niedermeyer guy the who void. writes for these Andrews because fuck that guy.
0: The Void is super fucked up, so prepare thyself.